Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? How many happy to be in the house of the Lord this well, morning? Somebody? Somebody? How many understand that you are the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. Isn't that awesome? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What a great blessing to be together as the body of Christ, as a local congregation worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When we talk about Yahweh, we're talking about the self-existent one. From eternity to eternity, he always has been. That same God knows who you are. He's compassionate towards you. He loves you. And all of the chaos and all of the trials and all of the suffering and all of the pain, he's not forgotten you. He loves you. He knows every moment about you. He sees you in the secret place. Come on. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning to worship him, to glorify his name. Because he is our Lord, our Savior. I got our God, and He tells us to cast all your care on me, for I care for you. To know that our God knows every bird that falls from the sky. He knows every hair that's on your head. He knows all about you and loves you. Is compassionate towards you. Isn't that awesome? I don't know what you've come in this morning with, what kind of needs you have, but I know God is able to meet you this morning. I'm believing God is going to meet you this morning. I'm believing the Lord is going to touch you. I believe there's a move of God happening even right now. And if we'll open our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, if we'll open our spiritual eyes to allow the Lord, look, we come in and we, we only focus on what we see, right? And we see... Beams and chairs, and, and we see music, musicians, and singers. But can we, for a moment, just begin to close our eyes and say, Lord, let me see what the Spirit of the Lord is showing me this morning. Let me hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants me to hear this morning. Help me to move past. All the ambience that's around me and help me enter into the holy place today. Let me experience your passion. Let me experience your love. Lord, let the secret place, let the secret place be the place that you unfold for us today, God. That we find your presence. That we feel and experience your love so immensely today, God. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Rushes are going to come, and but as they're coming, I want you. To, if, if you have a specific need that you want us to pray for, it doesn't have to be mentioned. But if you just raise your hand right where you are, because we're going to believe together in this prayer that God is going to reach out and touch that need today. He's going to meet that need today. Amen. I mean, I believe that God is not only able, but He's willing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With that hand raised right now. We raise our hands in a sign to say, Lord, we believe in you. And Father, right now we come before you knowing that you are right in this place. We come before you believing that your touch is for us, God. Your word says you're for us. And I pray that this morning that we'll, that we'll just begin to touch heaven today. God, that we'll begin to allow every hindrance that might have caused a shifting in us. God, we ask that you'll take every hindrance away. Lord, that you will open up the heavens this morning, that you'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings, God. Lord, that our eyes will see clearly, that our hearts will be in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do in us today. 
Lord, I know that there's others that have needs, and I know there's hands that are raised, but, but Lord, this morning we have come specifically into the throne room, and Lord, we know that you love us. We know that you care, and God, at specific need today, God, we call on you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we need your touch, God. We can't make it without you. We're, we're lonely in the world, God, that, is, that seems like a dry land. But, Lord, in the midst of Lodabar, we're believing for an outpouring of rain, a, a latter-day rain that will ignite us, that will, that will quench the thirsting of our soul, God. Let it be today, Jesus. Have your way in us today. Move in us today, Lord Jesus. Break every wall, every chain, every hindrance today, Lord Jesus. Let us cast down every thought and imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, knowing that you are the creator of the world, that you're the savior, you're our God, you're the deliverer of our soul. And Lord, today, Lord, we submit ourselves to you, God. Have your way. Break every curse. Break every chain. Have your way today, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you're in this place. We thank you, Jesus, that your word is true. We thank you, God, that you're here. God is faithful, amen. He is faithful. Good to have all the Livingston family with us this morning. That's right, yes, come on. We said pack a pew Sunday, and look at there. Guys, you, you don't know that how much we love you, how much we've been praying for you, and we're thankful that you're here today. We're expecting God to speak a word into your heart, and we love you this morning. Good to have all of our visitors with us. Uh, know that you're, a, you're super welcome here. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, we have a, a lot of things going on. Last night was amazing. We had a, uh, an encounter worship service last night, and uh, there was around 75 people showed up, and we just worshiped. We had guest worship leaders from The Well and from Inglewood uh, Church of God, and it was just a wonderful time of deep worship. The altars were filled. God's touch was on several, and it was amazing. Tonight, we're going to have a great time, too. How many is expecting to have a good time tonight? Come on. Yeah. We're going to be at Kim's house. Remember to bring a chair. Um, so bring a chair, and, and there's a list back there if there's some items that, that you'd like to bring. Um, uh, the competition of chili is on, right? Look. Don't, I, I hear you, brother. That New Jersey, that New Jersey chili, I don't, know if, I don't know, man. <laughs> but it's going to be good. And so I hope you guys come. There's going to be chili. I know there's there's some that uh, might not be chili people, but there's going to be gumbo. There's going to be, I know somebody said, I'm bringing a ham. I'm like, you are a ham. I mean, no. But they're bringing ham. In other words, there's going to be a lot of food for, for everyone to enjoy. Come, have a great time. Come get to know. Somebody says, I don't know a lot of people in the church. I said, well, look, this is your opportunity. A great time to come and fellowship, get to know people. Sometimes we bolt in, we bolt out, right? Well, this is a time to come and sit. There's going to be a big bonfire. There's going to be um, singing. Our, our worship team is going to be singing some. Then uh, I think GT and the York band is, we're going to do a little 
knee, knee, knee slapping and foot stomping, and it's going it's gonna to be a great time. We just really would love you to come and hang out with us and have a good time tonight. We, we want you to enjoy. There's going to be stuff for the kids. There's going to be kids' games. There's going to be pumpkin, you know, patch where they can get a pumpkin. They can paint the pumpkin. There's, it's going to be fun for all ages. Come, enjoy, have a good time, all right? Next Sunday, next Sunday starts our uh, End Times Conference. It'll be Sunday morning, Sunday night. Um, we will have a, a gathering at my house. Those who would like to come, we might need to have a sign-up sheet, you know. We'll, we'll, but anyway... Come enjoy it. Be, uh, for those who like to be at uh, the Q and A time at my house, um, you'll find out where that is tonight. And then uh, Tuesday through Friday, we'll be back here. It's going to be a good time. All right. Um, my house is real simple to get to, but if you use Google, it will send you to the wrong place. Um, if you use Apple, and I'm not promoting a brand, I'm just stating the facts. Apple sends you to the right place, but. Um, if you get to Graves Road, Google will send you to the end of Graves Road and puts you on Old White's Mill Road, but make sure you take a right, and it's the first driveway on the left, all right? So remember that in your brain. If you need questions or have questions, you can see me afterwards. Be glad to point in the right direction. Father, thank you for every gift, every giver. Thank you that allow us to be in this place today to worship and honor and glorify you. Lord, we're here to surrender to your will and your way. Lord, this is not about us in this room right now. This is about you. And Lord, help our eyes to be intent, attentive to you and your plan. To be awakened to your move in this place. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. 
know that's the hardest part for some of us is the receiving. I think that sometimes we come in and we feel like that we're bringing a, a praise to him, but but I don't know, like I said, where you are this morning, but I, I want you to understand that the Lord wants you to receive his love. Somebody said, Pastor, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of what God wants to give me. Man, Jesus left the throne room of heaven to be willing to go to the cross of Calvary because he loved you. I mean, think about this. While they were still in the depths of their sin, this is the word of God, Christ died for them. You might feel unworthy this morning. And you might say, well, I don't even know how to receive. Well, I'm just telling you this morning, if you'll just open your arms to him and say, Lord, I don't know how. And I love you. And I'm struggling. But today, I just open my arms and say, here I am, Lord. Pour into this vessel. Pour into the brokenness of my heart. And fill me, Lord Jesus. Let your rain fill us today. We receive it today, Jesus. We receive it today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Okay, sing it out again. Mountains are still being moved. And strongholds are still being loosed. Yes, God, we believe, oh. And yes, we can see that wonders are still what
Oh, yeah. 
I have seen you. I have heard you. You feel alone. You feel dry. You feel like no one understands. But I know you. And I care for you. And I desire to move afresh in you. I desire once again for you to walk in the joy that I've created you to walk in. I want you to experience my peace. I want you to experience my embrace. Please open up again. I know you feel hurt. I know you feel broken. And I know that even sometimes you've blamed me. But I'm for you. And I love you. Open your heart. Receive my love. Receive my mercy. Receive my grace. I want to move in you, says the Lord. Could you raise your hands and honor the Spirit of the Lord this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are our strength and our shield. We thank you, Lord, that you care for us. We thank you, Lord, that that your heart desires to speak into us. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be sensitive to your spirit, sensitive to your plan. And God, even when we don't understand it, God, let let us watch and see and experience how you move in us. Thank you, Jesus, that you care. Thank you, Jesus, for this morning. Thank you for this worship time. Thank you, Lord for your presence in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just raise your hands and honor him this morning? Can you just tell him you love him? If he's speaking to you, if that word was for you, would you just truly allow him to touch you this morning? Would you truly allow him to speak once again fresh into you? Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. 
we thank you, Jesus, that you are awesome. You're compassionate. You care. We thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and you're true and you're just. Lord, we surrender to you today, Jesus. Have your way in our heart. Have your way in our mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Is he good? Amen. Amen. He is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. You know, there's an old song that says, Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry, and he'll answer by and by. Feel a little prayer will turn, and then you'll know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Do it again. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry, and he'll answer by and by. Feel a little prayer will turn, and then you'll know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Come on, amen? I am super thankful that you guys put up with me and allow me to sing. I like it a little bit. <laughs> Man, it's so good to see all of you here this morning. You love the Lord? Amen. 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 I, I have the pleasure in just a few moments to baptize a young lady who has I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I choose to follow Him. And so in a few moments, we're going to do that. And, uh, but I want to just share a brief word with you, um, something the Lord actually put in my heart uh, about a month and a half ago, and I wrote it down and said, today's the day. And it is in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Some of you there, you there yet? You're on the board, ain't you? <laughs> Still love to hear those papers, those Bibles rustle, don't you? Amen. Sometimes we get it on the phone, and I guess that's all right, too. I like, I like my Bible. I can, I can underline and write down the margins, and it's good stuff. And he said, and he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech or pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Can I read it one more time? Is that all right? It's a good word. I might even put my glasses on it for this time. Make sure I read it right. Oh, my Lord, miraculous. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, 
but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Father, I pray that this morning, God, that you will awaken us to one, the need, the need that is around us, the need that, that, that is evident, and Lord, also the urgency of that need to realize that we are living in a last church. God, make us aware, make us open, awaken us to this urgency. But Lord, also help us to recognize the hindrances that keep us from fulfilling your plan. God, help us to understand that we are in a season of plowing. And Lord, that as in we are in this season, that we do not get weary in well-doing. But Lord, that we keep our hands to the plow. And Lord, that we see the fulfillment of your plan in this day and this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The harvest is plentiful. How many would agree with that? We can see all around us that uh, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of crazy ideas. Guys who are running the um, camera, Bill, you're going to love me this morning. Those of you who are online, if you see me out of the screen a lot, it's because uh, Bill is trying to chase me. But anyhow, let's go for it. We recognize the harvest is, is plentiful. We recognize that there's a great need. I mean, the, the darker we see our society become, sometimes I think we get frustrated with the darkness. But in reality, it just means there's a greater harvest. I mean, we can be upset with that. We could be frustrated, but really... Whose role is it to plant seeds? Whose role is it to water? I mean, we understand it is God's work to grow, but there is some preparation that has to be done to receive harvest. There's something that has to be done. I can't just plan to uh, 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 have a harvest of wheat or have a harvest of corn or have a harvest of whatever if I haven't been willing to plow the ground. If I haven't been willing to plant some seeds, if I haven't been willing to put some water on that. Amen? But I feel like so often we, we, we see uh, different churches, the church of the harvest. We see harvest time. We talk about harvest. And, and reality is, have we done something to experience harvest? I mean, because the Bible says you will reap what you sow. And so if we sow mildly or lightly, then we will reap mildly or lightly. But we've been given the Word of God, the authority of God, to go out into the world to be His witness, amen, to be His farmers, if you will, to be His tenant farmers or sharecroppers. You northerners probably don't know what that means. Some of us southerners do. And God's called us into that field. You know, my, uh, my great-grandfather was a sharecropper. He never owned a piece of property. In, in reality, um, you know, we look back in the history of the South, and, and there were 
a hundred, no, yeah, a hundred and sixty thousand at least, a hundred and sixty thousand farms that were farmed just by sharecroppers or tenant farmers. So when you think about that, there was a whole lot of people that didn't own anything but were farmers. A lot of them were African American farmers who, after the slave uh, had been uh, abolished, they, were, they went and then worked on farms. They didn't have um, a plow. They didn't have a mule or whatever to hook up to. Uh, they didn't have even seed to, to cast. But they would work for the farmer. He would give them the supplies they needed. He would give them the seed they needed. And, and they would go out and labor. And at the end of the season, they would share the crop or Reality is, is that the owner of the land would share the crop with them, and then they would go and sell the portion of their crop, pay their debts at the store, and then whatever was left was what they had to live on. My grandfather, my great grandfather, was one of those. Never had a thing, never owned anything. But you know, he was happy. Sometimes I think we are cursed by our blessings, right? Follow that along, and then the next generation, my grandfather, who also um, was on that farm, ended up saving some money, purchasing equipment. Then they become tenant farmers because they're not dependent on the landowner to give them what they need to do the land or to develop the land. They actually own the skills and the tools to do the land so that the share of the crop at the end of the season was larger for those who were tenant farmers than sharecroppers. Right? In reality, we are sharecroppers and tenant farmers in the kingdom of God. But the Bible says that, the, that He owns it all, right? He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. In reality, the Lord owns it all. We're just sojourners through this land. We're just tenant farmers. We're just those passing through. We're just those who are planting seeds as we go. We're just those who are plowing and those who are watering. And, and we're just trusting in the Lord God Almighty to bring, the, to bring up the growth. Amen. So we recognize that there's a harvest, but we also recognize it's His harvest. We're just His we're just in line with him. We're just in tune with him. And as long as we're in tune with him, then we're able to be a part of the kingdom plan. But when we walk away from that plan, we just become vagrants, vagabonds, shifters from one place to the next, living on somebody else, depending on somebody else, hoping that somebody along the way has a little extra or a little left over. Amen. You know, when I look at the scripture in verse 1, it says, Now after this, the Lord appointed them in pairs. See, now after this, the Lord... Let me put the glasses back on. <laughs> now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. It's kind of unique that we've been talking about the Elijah church over the last month. We've been talking about... Uh, the church that is out preparing the way of the Lord. Amen. And here, 
Jesus is sending them out in pairs to go out, basically preparing for his coming, preparing for the way for him to show up. But, but what, you, what reminds me or what uh, stuck out to me was this, now after this. Can you say that with me? Now after this. So I'm saying, well, Lord, what's before this? So that we can understand why you are calling us and why you're sending us out and what, what we're participating in. And, and we could go through chapter 9 and we can see where the Lord, uh, he, uh, he had them go out. He, he called them to himself. He said, I'm giving you a power and authority in verse 1 over all demons and, and to, heal the, uh, to heal diseases. And, and we can see all that thing. We can see them taking uh, the journey uh, taking nothing for my journey. Oh, I won't take nothing for my journey now. I gotta make it to heaven somehow. Okay, 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 okay. Well, now we know. Now we know where we get this at. It says, take nothing for your journey, right? Um, and, and basically, he's saying, hey, you on this journey. Look, I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you the power to fulfill this role, but you're going to have to depend on me. You can't carry anything with you. Don't carry a bag. Don't carry a, a separate tunic. You know, just go because I'm sending you, right? And, and we can see how that the Lord used them. We can see how the Lord blessed them. We can see the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, I believe that the feeding of the 5,000 was really the Lord showing them how to administrate the kingdom plan. It was really God saying, look, this is how you set this up. This is how you do this. And, and so... After that, we see the, the transfiguration, how the, they see his vision, and, and we go on down, and, and we look at verse 49 of, of Luke chapter 9. It says, John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow along with us. I'm like, okay, okay, we get there now. I think that sometimes we are focused on the other farmers more than we're focused on our own field. We get so caught up in what everybody, what other churches are doing. Well, they don't do it like us, right? They, they, they worship different. They have a different plan or a different path. I mean, they do different types of ministries. They have a different strategy, and we get so caught up in whatever other people are doing and don't realize that we're on the same team. Amen. At the end of the day, it's the same owner of the same field. Amen. We've just been called to be sharecroppers. We've just been called to be tenant farmers on the farm of God. And we're so busy looking at what the other farmer's doing. Well, he plows his rows this way. Huh? My, my dad used to tell me as a, a small, as a young man, he's 84 years old now, and as a young man, he said, I remember, you know, hooking up the plow to, to the, the mule, and he said that, you know, we'd throw the ropes over, so once it gets to going, and it was G and ha, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, huh? I, I didn't do that. I, I, G, ha, it ain't hee-haw either. It might have been a little bit of that too along the way. But I can't imagine the labor-intensive, the labor-intensity of being there trying to manage 
a mule to get it to do what you need it to do to go in a straight roll, right? I mean, I was, I remember a young man, I was probably maybe eight or nine, and my grandmother had a front-time tiller. How many have ever run a front-time tiller? Hmm. Well, you, you really need to be a good size to handle that thing. And, and, and I got, she cranked it up and said, okay, I want you to, I want you to plow this roll for me. And then when she let me go, I'm like, <laughs> I'm all over the place. I mean, I think I hit every single rock in the ground along the way. And I'm like, Grandma, have you ever, you know, tilled this ground before? Is this where the normal spot is? Because I think I hit every root and every rock. I mean, and by the end of the day, I think the whole plan, Bill, was this. It wasn't really for me to till the ground. It was to wear me out so that at the end of the day, I'd be so tired she wouldn't have to put up with me. My ADHD self, you know, I was running wild. So she had to do something to keep me in line, right? I don't want to say it was punishment anyway. It was targeted uh, investment into my growth as a young man. But we're so worried about how other people are tilling. Well, they use this method or they use that method. And, and we get caught up, well, well, they have this type of soil and they have that type of soil. And, and we're so busy focusing on other people's farms or their crops or whatever they're doing that we lose sight of that we've got to be on the same page. We've got to be working together. We've got to be sincere because the harvest is vast. And the, the Word of God says this, this is how you'll know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. And if we're too busy picking other people apart, how in the world will, be, will we be able to join hands together and believe that God can move in a mighty fashion in our community? Because let me tell you something, our community needs more than us to win it. Amen? Amen? If every single church building was full in this county, there still would not be enough room for all the people of our community. Amen? We've got to learn to work together. And Jesus told them, said, look. He said, guys, you're too busy worried about it. If they're not against us, they're for us. Amen. Right? And we have to realize that there's a whole lot of people for us in this world. Amen? Amen. There's a whole lot of people for us in this world. There's a whole lot of people on the same page. There's a whole lot of people who are uh, working for the kingdom of God, they might not, like I said, they might not have the same strategy. They might not, they might not uh, have the same ideas that we have of how it should be done. But the reality is, if they are kingdom believers, if they believe Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, amen, if they believe that he is the Son of God, right? Amen. Born of a virgin, right? Lived on this earth, suffered, died on the cross of Calvary, rose on the third day, then guess what? We're on the same page. Amen? amen? And thank God for, for all of those who are servants of God, servants of the King. You know, I, I work in AYSO. I, I enjoy being a part of uh, soccer. I enjoy being a part of the chaplaincy. And I get to connect with so many different ones. Matter of fact, I, 
Uh, I'm a part of a prayer group that meets every Wednesday morning, a, a group of pastors of very of various denominations, and we're actually planning a, a, a countywide prayer for revival starting January 1 through January 21. Isn't that awesome? Amen. And we're going to be in 21 different churches. And we're one of those churches. Isn't that amazing? And we're going to go and we're going to pray and we're going to believe. Uh, there might be a different pastor preaching here, the servants at our church, and I might be pre preaching at a different church when it's at their church. But the reality is, is it's showing our unity for the kingdom of God. Amen. We've got to come together. We've got to understand that in this season, we need to work together for the kingdom of God because the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers, the laborers are few. Amen. And when I, when I go on down, and, and, and I recognize there in verse 51, they were, they were going down, uh, they were heading to Jerusalem. Verse, verse 52, they were going to go through Samaria, and he sent some messengers in front of them and told them to go make arrangements uh, for them to, to arrive. But in verse 53 it says, But they did not receive him because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. Now, when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Come on, right? But he turned and rebuked them. Whoa, wait a minute. He said, you, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And then, went, and then they went on into the village. I think too many times we expect the world to align with us. Now, I, I'm I, I, having been a youth pastor for a season and having been in various ministries, I understand that so many times we go out and we, we beg companies to donate to us. I don't like that idea, really. I mean, because we're the ones who should be giving. I got one amen. I mean, just think, if everyone was faithful in God's kingdom design of tithing and offering, we would be the givers and not the takers. We would be the ones who would actually be going to stores and say, hey, you know what? I recognize there's an employee shortage. We've just come by to help clean the floors today. Wouldn't that transform something? Huh? We just come from, we're from the little church down the road. We, we recognize, we came here the other day, and man, the floors were messy. And I said, this is not a judgment, but we just recognize you were without staff. And, and while your waiter's are doing the waiters, we, we just want to come sweep the floors today. Can we do that? Well, wouldn't that change something? Because usually what happens is we sit at the table... And the food's a little late, and then we get a little stressed, don't we? My Lord, how long is it going to take for this food to get here? Huh? And then we get upset, right? It ain't the waitress's fault or the waiter's fault, right? But I'm going to leave a penny. They ain't worth a dime around here. We all dressed up in our Sunday go to meeting clothes and 
That's what waitresses and waiters say. They said their worst days on Sundays. But reality is, is that we can make the difference. We could be the ones changing lives. Can you imagine walking in one day and say, look, man, I know that by law I really can't be working here, but I'm, I'm just going to come in and sweep the floor for just a minute. Man, I walked into the bathroom and, whoo, Lord, help me. Y'all need some help, right? If we change the world, we change the mentality, we change the idealisms of what we expect, we've become so consumerist that we don't know how to serve anymore. It's our service that transforms lives. Jesus said this way. He said, I didn't come in the world to, to be served, right, but to serve. And, and, and so when we come into that mentality, we have come into the world that we have come to serve. We've come to love. We've come to give. We've come to, to help somebody else. Look, you say, well, I don't have anything. Well, listen, if it's God's plan, even the woman at Zarephath, when, G, when, when Elijah showed up, she said, I don't have anything. She said, literally, what I have is just enough oil and, and just enough flour to make another cake for me and my son, and then we're going to die. He said, look, listen, Linda. He said, look, if you will make me one first, if you will put me first, then the barrel of oil will never run dry and the meal will always be there. Look, when we start putting God first, everything else changes. I mean, you really have to go down to the next part of that scripture to see the God first mentality because he goes on and, and he says as they were going along the road someone said to him I will follow you wherever you go isn't it great to see optimistic people <laughs> Woo, Lord wherever you want us to go I'm ready let's go well I'm going to Africa today well I'll see you next week <laughs> when you get that trip up to, to you know to Hardee's or to McDonald's or you know to Wherever, let me know. We're willing to go wherever he's going as long as he's going our way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And Jesus looked at him and said, hey, look, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. He wants to understand what they're asking. You might have a desire, but, but the reality is, is that until you put some action on the desire, it's really not going to be fulfilled. You can have a desire. Oh, I desire to have such a close relationship with God. Woo, I just want to know Him more. But if you never spend some time on your knees in prayer to hear the voice of God, if you never open the Word of God to allow Him to speak to you through your Word, if you, if, if, if you don't come to the house of God to connect with the body of Christ, to be able to be a part of his plan, then how, why would, do you really mean what you say? Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. Woo! Man, y'all ain't shouting with me this morning. We, y'all gonna have to turn the heat down. Y'all got these people sleepy. <laughs> Amen. 
I hope, I hope I'm, I hope I'm uh, clear here. Another one says, he said, Jesus looked at him and said, follow me. He said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. Now, first of all, the me first mentality is what's the problem, right? Permit me first. And too many times we have the me first mentality. Well, I've got to do this and this, and, and, and I might make it to church, or I might do, huh? Well, let me pay this bill this first. It's the me first. And sadly, is, is we, we have gathered this in the culture in today. It's always me first and God last. It's always me and mine and, and, and let me do this. And, and, real, and, and look, you might say, well, man, the Lord is just being so um, just horrible. I mean, this guy's got a father who's passing away and he's saying, let me go bear. No, culturally, you've got to understand. Look, I, in Honduras, when someone passes away, they bury them within two days. Normally, they bury them within 24 hours. So what he's saying is, he says, let, my fa- let me spend the time with my father until he passes away. That could be a year from now. It could be 20 years from now. It could be, who knows? In other words, let me finish my life. Let me continue doing what I want to do until I want to do it. And when my father passes away, then I might turn myself over to doing what God wants me to do. Me first. I know we don't, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here this morning. I, you guys are not this way. I'm just sharing a message to help us to understand how to prepare for harvest. So when you look at even the next one, but he said unto him, allow the dead to, allow the dead to bury the, their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And then he goes, verse 61, another said, I will follow you, Lord, but once again, me first, right? But first, permit me. You can say that, uh, but permit me first, me first, to say goodbye to those at home. It's always about the me first that keeps us from fulfilling God's harvest plan. He said, but Jesus said to him, no one having put their hand to the plow, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. People use that scripture for different methods or means, but reality is, is that what he's saying, look, we're in a plowing season. I mean, understand, we're in a plowing season. And, and, and if I don't finish what I'm, what I'm doing, then I'm not finishing the plan and the task that God gave me. And I believe too many times we've put our hand to the plow with the intentions of doing what God's called us to do, but we, we, we give up in the process. It becomes too tough or it becomes too hard or, or we give up or we quit in the process. And, and God's saying, look, if you give up in the middle, then, then you're giving up on heaven. You're giving up on the kingdom plan. You're giving up on me. God's called us to a purpose and a plan. And, if, and for us to feel that, we've got to keep our hands to the plow. 
We can't get weary in well-doing. We can't give up on the plan. We can't just uh, throw our hands up and say, I'm tired, God. Like I said, I've never plowed with a mule. I've never had that experience. Thank you, Jesus, for John Deere and Ford and all those wonderful men who developed these wonderful mechanisms for us to use. Never experienced that. But even with a tractor, it's not easy. Even with all the mechanisms of the world, it's not easy. But we can't give up. Because the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. In other words, there's so much harvest just right here in Blount County that if every single one of us were working for the kingdom of God, there's enough harvest for every one of us to reach. There's enough people for every one of us to invest in. I think too many times we think, well, we'll just go, you know, we'll just go and win them to the Lord. But Jesus said this. He said, he said, Go and make converts of all nations. Is that what he said? Go and make converts of all nations? What did he say? Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all things I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. In other words... The harvest takes some time to plow, to plant, and to water. The harvest takes some time to invest in someone. And guess what? There's some rough ground in some places. Amen? Y'all got some of those neighbors too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's some rough ground in places. But do we give up? Do we take our hands from the plow and say, I'm tired of this. I can't break it up. Or do we recognize that we've been given the authority of God? We've been given the power of God to break down every stronghold. Come on. So we have to be willing to surrender to him and submit to him. I remember Scott King one day was telling a story about pushing a rock. He said, he said the Lord told me to go push this rock. It was this big boulder. And he said he was pushing and pushing and pushing. And after a while, I said, Lord, it's not moving. He said, Lord said, push the rock. So he kept on pushing. He pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally, he said, Lord, I quit. It's not moving. He said, what did I tell you to do? He said, you told me to push the rock. He said, I didn't tell you to move the rock. There's obstacles that we face. There's trials that we go through. And, and God's just saying, keep focused. Keep pushing the rock. Because in his season, in his time, he will fulfill his purpose. Because it may not be about the rock we're pushing. It may be about us that he's transforming. The harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. And somewhere along the way, I believe that there's folks, even within this room right now, who've given up on the process because you've gotten weary in well-doing. You've gotten caught into areas of ministry and you feel like, you know, I'm wore out, I'm tired, I'm, I'm tired of dealing with the same situations, and I'm just done. 
And yet we still have people who need to be discipled. We still have people who need to be cared for. We still have people that need to be greeted. People that, men who need to be ministered to, women who need to be ministered to, children who need to be ministered to, young people who still need to be ministered to, musicians who still need to be a part of the plan. And I'm asking you, has the Lord put something in your heart to be a part of? Because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Has the Lord put something in your heart to do? Has the Lord called you to something and, and you've been wondering, what is that place for me to fit? Where am I supposed to serve? What am I supposed to do? Well, I'm telling you guys, there's a place for you. There's room for you. There's, there's, there's places where you can serve. There's places where you can be a part. You are needed in this local congregation. You're needed to be a part of this kingdom purpose. We need you now more than ever. You know, I'm closing, and I'm about to do a baptism. Somebody come up and play a piano. Pianer, as my old pastor used to say. Y'all, I am from South Carolina in the backwoods, y'all. You'll take it. And... The next part of that verse says, pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Beseech the Lord. Call on him. You know, this week I went and visited one of our shut-ins. And, and as I was sitting there with her, um, she said, Pastor, I just miss. I just miss people praying in their prayer language. And, and I'm like, Hmm, that's interesting. And she's not, I mean, she's watching every preacher in the book on, on TV. I mean, and, I'm, and, and she can quote, I mean, she's amazing. I'm not worried about where she is. You know, I'm not worried about her heart if she's, if, if she's going to heaven. Man, she's a dynamic woman of God. But she said, Pastor, I need someone to come in and just pray. With me, she's my sister. She'll come and and we'll just start praying, and the Holy Spirit starts in the room, and we just begin praying in our prayer language. And she says it's it's so fulfilling. And look, we as a Church of God church are a church that believes that the the gifts of tongues were given for us. And we understand that there is a tongue, just like before the service, that was given should be interpreted, and, and we understand that. We, we get that, and we, and we pray that when that happens, that there is someone who's able to give us the message. But Paul said this. He said, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. This is the same scripture. He's saying, hey, look, when you're in the congregation, you know, make sure that you're speaking with an intelligible tongue, right? In other words, He's not telling every one of you to step up and give a message in tongues because that would be chaos and confusion. But, but what he was saying, he says, I have a prayer language that I pray. And when I get into my closet and I'm praying in this heavenly language, it is an alignment with me, with God. It is the, it is the alignment that, that aligns my spirit with the spirit of God. 
And so this past week, as I was sitting there praying with her, man, the Holy Spirit just came in the room. And we began to, to pray in the Spirit of God. And, and man, I just felt such a move of God in that room. And, and I'm encouraging you, when it says pray, the Lord, the harvest, I pray that you're praying with your, with your prayer language. Some of us have experienced God in years past and we've experienced that, that, that move of God and it came over us and, and it's been years since we've had that experience again. I believe that we need to, to get in tune with the Spirit of God. We need to align ourselves with His plan. Does that mean you need to speak in tongues just to do that? I'm not saying that. I'm saying there is something there. That when you've experienced that, that there is a a special alignment. There's a special place that God just raises you up. In such a time as this, we need the Spirit of the Lord to help us through these times. We need the Spirit of the Lord to empower us. Because when we look at the reason that we were given the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he said, tarry in Jerusalem to be endued with power. Right? It's an endowment of power. For what? Not for us to shout. Not for us to act crazy. So that you can be my witnesses. Right? Jerusalem, Judea. Samaria and the other parts of the world. Maybe the reason we don't see the evangelical thrust as we should is because we're not operating in the Spirit as we should. If we're going to be laborers in the kingdom, we need to be submitted to the Spirit of God because it is Him who directs and leads us. It is Him who shows us the plan. It is Him who teaches us. Y'all with me? So we need to once again get back on our knees. And we need to pray, God, show us. Lead us. I hear, I hear the, 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 the distant cry of those who've gone on before us, who, who labored, who suffered, who plowed, who dug, and... and they're like, look, you've got it too easy. You've got it too easy. We complain because it's too hot, and it is too hot in here. But we complain about, well, it's too hot in here, or it's too cold. And we're so caught up in the me first that we, don't, we forgot the fact that Man, those who went before us sacrificed. They sacrificed time. They sacrificed belongings. They sacrificed many times their selves to be able to reach the lost. I'm sorry. I I didn't have any notes this morning. I'm just preaching. Is that all right? The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Let us pray. Father, 
I pray this morning that this is the awakening moment. This is the eye-opening moment where we recognize that, Lord, we're not just sitting on a pew to be fed, but we have come into this house to be servants of the King. We're not just here, Lord, because it is, it is the duty or the habit that we have developed to come. But Lord, we are here because we recognize it is the, it is the congregation, it is the local church that you have developed for us to have places to serve, to be a part of community service, to be a part of community plan. And Lord, I pray that everyone in this building today will have an eye-opening, awakening moment to say, I need to be involved. I need to get involved because there is so much more that I could be a part of. There's so much more that I could do. The kingdom hath need of me. And Lord, forgive me for sitting on the sidelines. Forgive me for letting the moments pass. Forgive me for not fulfilling my role. Forgive me, Lord, for just making it about me. Lord, I choose today to surrender to your will, your way. I choose today to recognize the urgency of the harvest because the end is coming. And Lord, I have too many friends and family members. I have too many neighbors and co-workers that don't know you. And God, I pray that you will help me to make inroads to ways and byways, to compel them to come in. Help me, Jesus, to reach the lost and be willing to love them even when they don't agree with me, even when I don't understand them, even when we are not agreeing politically or, or culturally, God, help me to show them the same love that you showed to the tax collector. Help me show them the same love that you shared with the prostitute that was drugged before you. Help me to be your hands and feet extended to a world that is in desperate need of you. For we are yours. We surrender today to your will and to your way. In Jesus' name, amen. We ready for baptism? Amen. Me too. Is Brooklyn ready? There you are. There you are. I, they're going to sing one song and while I prepare. And as they sing this song, if, if the Lord is saying to you that you need to surrender that today, if you need to surrender, if you need to reconnect to God's kingdom plan, if you need to say, you know what, I've been careless with, with the plow that God's given me, and today, you want to say, I want to make it right. I want to recommit myself to the kingdom plan that God's given me. Feel free to come to these altars. Feel free to spend some time. Make your place an altar.
But bow before him today. Recommit yourself to him today. Turn your life over to him today. He wants to do something powerful in you. Amen. Hermano, puede decir lo que estabas, que estuvimos hablando en el principio de Before the service, Danny, right? Danny said, Pastor, he said, I want to find my place in this church. This is where I want to attend. This is where I want to be. And I know I'm speaking Spanish to you, but you speak English too, and you speak Spanish. We, we love, he, he is sharpening my tool, and I appreciate it. He said, Pastor, Gary, stand up. He said, Pastor, I want to be a part of the feeding ministry of your church. And I said, well, man, there's a place for you to connect. And I'm excited because I believe God has sent you for such a time as you don't even know that there's a big need. There's a big need, bro. And God has sent you for such a time as this. And I want you two to connect. Amen. But there's others, there's others who says, I need, I need to get connected. This morning, if you find a place, whether it be the altar where you are or come up front, as she sings this song, would you, would you make that time a time of commitment to the Lord? Let the Lord lead you in that. Amen. Take me back to the garden. Lead me back to the moment I heard your voice. Take me back to communion. Lead me back to the moment I saw. there's others of the Livingston family that you'd like to invite to come up to be able to see. We don't want you guys to miss anything. So any grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, nephews, all that stuff. Come on up here, guys. 
Don't you love this? Amen. I'll keep playing. That's pretty. Look at all this. Come on, right? You must be super special, Miss Brooklyn. Probably thinking they're crazy, right? Bill, you and your wife are just precious people. You guys have gone through a lot. All of you have gone through a lot. But these moments, these moments are awesome. Now, I would love to say, come on, Ms. Brooklyn. I'd love to say that she got saved right here at church on a good Sunday morning. But you know what? I'm thankful for moms and dads who share their faith. Who not only share that faith, but live it at home. And so she asked the Lord to be her Savior at home. But said, I want to make this a public confession before the Lord. Amen. accepted the Lord as your Savior, right? Yes. You love, you love the Lord? Yes. And He loves you. My privilege. God, you're covering over them. I thank you so much, Lord, for the passion they have for the kingdom of God. I thank you, Lord, for the desire they have to do the will of the will of the Father. And Lord, I pray that you will help them to, as they are together and unified today, that you'll help them to remain unified in your perfect plan. God, I know that, that you will give them the exact wisdom and direction that they need that you have not left them nor forsaken them, but God, you are with them on every step of this journey. And I pray your compassion be upon them. I pray you embrace them with your love. But I pray once again that you will ignite them with a desire and a, and a passion for the kingdom of God, that they will see your hand moving in their lives. God, we know that you are with them, and we're believing for great things 
In Jesus' name, amen. Exxon Station is where Grandview, turn left on the Grandview, whichever way, but turn beside the Exxon Station on Grandview, it hits, it hits Tuckalichi. Uh, you ter- take a quick right and back left between Grandview Baptist Church and the, and the cemetery. You go to the end of the cemetery, and there's Graves Road, Cemetery Graves Road. Y'all got that? All right. Graves Road. Follow Graves Road to the end. It tees into um, Old White's Mill Road. You take a right on Old White's Mill. The first driveway on the left is our home, 2550, Old White's Mill Road. Hope to see you there. We'll we'll begin hanging out around 5 o'clock. Come on out. Have a good time. Hayride, pumpkin patch, um, bonfire, food, singing, 5 o'clock. Come on out.